he took it. Julius Randle, you're a big man. Get in the paint. I've seen enough. Joel Embiid, same to you. I know you guys are listening to this podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Showdown 2023. The same musical theater bracket podcast you love, just with a new name. This year, it's all about Tony performances. My name is Alex Schneidman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this year's first episode of Showdown, uh, an ultimate musical theater bracket. Uh, This year, our theme is Tony performances. This episode will just be the left side of the bracket. uh, And uh, it's typically, I typically just call it L, uh, but L this time around stands for laundry because uh, you might be able to hear the uh, dryer running in the background of this episode. Um, which just brings a certain a certain hum- humility to to the production. I'm here with two new guests to the pod. Maddie, would you care to uh, introduce yourself? I would care to introduce myself. Thank you so much. Uh, hi, I'm Maddie. I use she her pronouns. I am originally from Westchester, New York, um, but how I'm sort of originally known to Mr. Schneidman is actually through my brothers. Um, They all went to an all boys sports camp together. Um, Both of my brothers won theater awards there. I have yet to win a theater award. And that is all there is to say on that. Ruchir. I didn't know that. Uh, That's really, really, really funny. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Lord. Uh, Hey everybody. I am Ruchir Kazanchi. I don't know why I'm saying everybody. There are two people in the room, but I'm Ruchir Kazanchi. There's millions and... of listeners at home. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, so sorry. So sorry. So sorry. I, hello. Hello to the readers. Uh, all of them. I'm Ruchir Kazanchi. I'm six foot two. I went to college with Schneidman. We did the uh, 87th annual WAMU show together, I believe, uh, entitled Manhattan Miracle, where Alex Schneidman played uh, a saloon crooner and... Uh, now we've, we're in March Madness territory, baby. Well, let's get after it. I'm ready to tear down. Ruchir, have you ever won a theater award? Several. Several, yeah. Yes. Rings on rings. Shout out to Nebraska. I'm like the Michael Jordan of Nebraska theater. All right. So we are going to run through what is 11 matchups of the 16. Why 11? Because five of them have already been determined by the public vote. They, they achieved a higher than 75% uh, threshold in the public and uh, therefore have already been decided. Um, those five are, in order of most dominance to least dominance, um, In the Heights beat Man of La Mancha, Next to Normal beat Paradise Square, Gypsy, the Patty Lapone from 2008, beat 42nd Street from 2001. Uh, the opening from 2013, Bigger, beat Dear Evan Hansen. And Spring Awakening, the Deaf West production, beat Great Comet. Not a great showing for the, uh, the 2017 Best Musical uh, nominees. Um, there's still one more. It's on the other side of the bracket. So those those songs will advance to the next round. Let's see who they are going to go up against. Hey, shout very, out to sorry, yeah, so shout sorry. out Richard. Well, who are we shouting? I, I, I want to give a shout out to one of the performances in that we was just listed that we're not going to talk about. You know, I want to say in the Heights is history. I want to say in the Heights matters, and that show altered the landscape of musical theater creation permanently. I want to give a shout out to Paradise Square as well, Northwestern Zone, Masia Sari the lyricist and also that performance is is in 10 years we're gonna look at that one and be like that should be in the brackets everywhere that should be in every bracket i i could not agree more and that is why it's on this bracket and one day when we were when we do tony performances v2 i think it'll it'll have a, a, a longer run now we're gonna go to the closest matchup of the week it is between chicago 1997 Tony performance versus Sweeney Todd, the 1979 Tony performance. 
Um, I'm not going to tell you which one had more or less. I'll just tell you that it is close. Uh, who, who's got something to say? Let's hear it. Yeah, yeah, I'm pulling up my notes, pulling up my notes. But let me just say this. Mm. Chicago is that show that exists in parody. It exists in in earnest. You know, like like thinking about the landscape in which that specific that specific performance has been adapted to parody and 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 just like different versions of it now. Like the the, the reach of it is very broad. But I will say, can you imagine? Imagine for a second, please. Because remember, not in the, theater is not just for people in New York. Okay. Let's think about this, especially the That's twins. why you're here. It's why you're That's here. Why this is the perspective I'm bringing, and I'm ready to bring it. Okay. Imagine me. Imagine I was alive in 1979 when Sweeney Todd came out. I think it's 1979. I don't actually know that for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, is it actually? Yes, 1979. <laughs> I got the stats on me. All right. Um, but just like imagine, you know, you're in Omaha, Nebraska and you're watching mm-hmm. Sweeney Todd on your television and you're like, this is what musical theater on Broadway is like, that is crazy to think about C- thinking about like, like a human pie. You know, you, we all know what Sweeney Todd's about in this, in this group, but this is my thoughts. I, 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 I I'm pro Sweeney Todd, I think. But I, I, I'm not sure if it's a full a full five count on, on Sweeney Todd. But I, I think I'm leaning towards Sweeney Todd for that reason, just because of the impact of the broadcast itself and and the way it alters the way we look at what the form of the musical can do. So I'm right here with you. I think as I've been trying to come up with my like formula for what makes a good Tony performance. Uh-huh. And I haven't quite formulated said formula. However, I will give you a form of that formula right now. Um, I would say that there are sort of like three like main perspectives we're looking at, right? Like what's going on sociopolitically? Like what, what statement are we making with this piece right here, right now? Theater is live. Theater is happening right now. What are we saying about what's going on today? That's number one. Number two, we're hitting on like what Ruchir was saying about like, how is it being received by sort of people who just don't get to access Broadway all the time? That, right. Yeah. That, what, that. what message are we sending to um, everyone who sort of wants to keep a pulse on what's going on in the theater world? Um, what, what message are we sending to the little kid in Omaha, Nebraska, who just wants to like feel seen for a night, you know? What is that? And then the other one is, you know, the more cynical perspective of like, we got to sell tickets. We got to get butts and seats. So like that marketing perspective of how are we selling this show? And when I think about that perspective on, on this matchup, I give it, hear me out, to Chicago. And that I think that they're more accurately marketing what this show kind of is. Uh, granted, I did not, you know, see this production of Sweeney Todd. I can't tell you exactly <laughs> every last thing that happened. I think Angela Lansbury is a freaking genius, and this performance is brilliant and excellent. Although I did just see Annalie Ashford uh, in the Sweeney Todd previews, and oh my god, like give her the Tony right now. We're moving on from that. Most importantly, though, like I think as far as telling you what this show is about and what there is to get excited about. I'm not sure that this like little clip of Sweeney and Angela Lansbury doing her thing does the rest of the show, uh, not justice, but, but really accurately reflects like the journey that you're going to be on. You don't want to sell too much, but I think that Chicago really excellently gives you that like fun group number right in the beginning. That's like sassy and exciting. And then you delve into that gorgeous dance duet that is just so deeply iconic. And, um, there's something about that for me that like gets me very excited to go buy a ticket to see that specific show. Um, so I don't, I don't know if, you know, my votes are, my votes are probably going to be pretty evenly split here. Uh, but I think that for me and just that like selling it perspective of what am I paying to see if I went to go see it, Chicago has it for me. 
a very interesting situation. And Maddie, you bring up a good point that there's, we will discover a formula for yeah. a, a good Tony performance. I, I have said before, and I'll repeat, that a bracket <laughs> is a great algorithm for making decisions. And this bracket in the last four years has helped make decisions that we never thought we could really make. And uh, this time it will do the same thing. I want to encourage us to uh, vote, actually, um, and just move move right to it. So uh, the way I typically do this is by asking whoever is first on the screen to uh, vote first. And Maddie, that is you. I so you, you certainly did. You have five votes. Which way do they go? So... I think I'm going to do three Chicago and two Sweeney. I think they're both stellar performances. Chicago just has that extra sell for me. Root cheers, drag race. What do you got? Crazy. I'm giving three. It's going to be a three-two split. I got to say, shout out to all those iconic moments in Chicago. Shout out to all like like it's it's history in the making right there. Like it's been around for 30 years for a reason. But I'm going three-two. Sweeney tied with three, Chicago with two. Wow. So that splits your votes, 5-5. Five, five. Um, we didn't help at all. <laughs> uh, but that is the way the uh, the old, the, the cookie crumbles. Um, one of these songs beat the other song in the public vote by mm. one vote. Um, wow. And since you, since you tied... Um, that one vote determines the matchup and it goes to Chicago, 1997. Wow. Um, so, so long, Angela. We love you, Queen. We love your work. We love your iconism. Thank you. Maddie, and we, we have no, iconism. we have no time for elegies. Moving on to... <laughs> Cabaret, 1998, versus You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, 1999. This one is also close. In fact, it's the second closest one. Who wants to start on this one? I got to say, I'm a little I'm a little surprised, honestly. Because I, I, for, for me, this was simple. This, is, really? this was simple for me. This was, uh, this was easy for me. I mean... Shout out Charlie Brown, love your work. Like, like you, you've done the job. But like, again, if we're talking about like iconic moments of musical theater culture, like Alan Cumming and Cabaret, that's like, like that's that's generational stuff right there. That is literally a performance that altered the way many people view musical theater as we know it, as like the in like the possibilities of expression. And shout out to Charlie Brown. Love her, you know, famously a, bi a bi big, big on it, big on Charlie Brown, big on the score, big on the concept. Vince Guaraldi, you were in your bag when you wrote that trio. I don't even know if that's in the original. I don't know if that's on Broadway, actually. So you can cut that out if you want to. Um, but I'm 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 like really pro cabaret on this one. I think I think it's I think it's. I, th I think it does the job that and it fits the criteria, honestly, Maddie, that you so, you have posited for us better than the other one, I would say. My my votes are by and large a hundred percent right there with you. Cabaret is a as a show is beautiful, but I don't think we can evaluate the show in this Tony performance, right? I think that we need to separate the Tony performance from the show. And I do think, right, I was listening to Mariah's, like, takes on what she's hoping to see in the brackets. Uh, oh, yes. And she talked about this just for, like, young female musical musical theater performers. This performance is, is just as iconic as Alan Cumming doing his thing as MC, right? Like, I, I, I know every last bit of choreography in that in that whole moment um that show like as a whole set me on a musical theater path like lucy van pelt is is why i am who i am uh 
And Mariah clearly had a similar experience. And I think that there's something so iconic about Kristen Chenoweth brilliant, sharp, um, witty, cartoonish performance that like cannot be discounted and is still thought about so much today by like so many young female performers. So again, while Cabaret is gonna score the majority of my votes for the reasons that Richie was talking about, I, I don't want Charlie Brown to go down without a fight. Well, I, I'm, I'm, we're cooking with gas, baby. We're moving through. Maddie, what are your votes? Uh, four to Cabaret, one to my dear friend Kristen. Richard. My note says, Cabaret, yes, you're a go- good man, Charlie Brown, no, but love you. Four to Cabaret, one to you're a good man, Charlie Brown. All right, so this one was close, but Cabaret did win the public vote. Um, with your votes, it wins, uh, it won about 57% of the public vote Mm -hmm. and, uh, won 80% of your votes. So, um, it proceeds and Mariah is bound to feel disappointment. Moving on, we have... Opening from 2011, it's not just for gays anymore, and <laughs> Parade, 1999. Boy, I'm surprised I... that this one was close. Right. Yes. I'm a Parade stand, right? Like, I'm excited about this performance going on on Broadway right now. I love the musical in and of itself. I think it's saying important things. You know what's doing all the things that a Tony performance should do? It's not just for gays anymore. She set the freaking bar for every, not only Tony like opening performance, but every just award show performance from then on. Whenever I'm like, wow, what's like a fun performance that I should think about in this moment? It's not just for gays anymore. You got Brooke Shields screwing up her lines. You got Stephen Colbert talking about how straight he is. You have Neil Patrick Harris bouncing along and obviously noting that ultimately everything on Broadway is just for Jews and the gays. But that's, you know, the way the cookie crumbles. Um, ha ha ha, let's make it more accessible beyond that. But he made an interesting and funny, nuanced, comedic point. And not to mention his purple jumpsuit living under his tuxedo the entire time just to be revealed at the end is the ultimate moment of musical theater history, in my opinion. I I just want to, I'm, I'm just going to jump right in there with Maddie, because I think that is completely on, on the mark. It's like on the dot in every way. Literally, I think that, I think that the opening performance in 2011 is like the foundation of why a bracket like this needs to exist. Because we need to acknowledge that beyond like, like the moment that it was produced in. Like literally, like that, the fact that that has survived to this day as like the foundation, it is the standard for, I think, hosts of award shows, period. And like also like in terms of like making the form appealing to people who might not even watch theater. Neil Patrick Harris, to some people, is Barney from How I Met Your Mother. Nothing more, nothing less. This One of the most egregious heterosexuals on television, I would argue maybe ever. Famously, Neil Patrick Harris being gay and singing this number to a Broadway audience is is funny to the audience in person. And then also having like Barney from How I Met Your Mother like like being the one saying that on TV adds an extra layer of like absolute like brilliance to it. And I think Neil Patrick Harris literally like he's he was on that MJ3 Pete when when he was hosting the show. He was in his fucking bag. Like year after year after year. This motherfucker could not miss. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I can't believe my eyes. Like, like I can't believe we're watching. Oh my gosh. He had it going on. And shout out to Parade. Score is brilliant. Show is great. Performance is excellent. Very powerful. Uh, needs to be said even today. Um, as a Tony performance, I don't know if he even holds a candle to the magic that Neil Patrick Harris got in there. Richier, I'm just upset because I wanted to fight more. I know! Wait, what the we'll, hell? We'll, yeah. We might get there. We might get there. Um, but an interesting... I, I, we're going to move to votes, but um, 
Actually, let's vote, and then I'll say what I was going to say. Okay. Maddie. Five to the gays. Wow. Rajir. Four to the gays, one to parade as a, for, out of respect. Out of respect. See, I have no um, respect for a parade. Just kidding. That was a joke. Maddie's Jewish. Wow, Maddie. Wow, Maddie. Wow. Maddie's Jewish, just so we know. I didn't, I didn't know it was International Week of Hate. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway. it's not just on Saturdays anymore. <laughs> um, so, opening 2011, actually lost in the public <gasps> vote. Um, I know, stunning. Um, People but gotta do the research. People gotta do the research. Oh man, it it won about forty two percent of the public vote, but you guys gave it ninety uh, percent of your vote, which uh, gives it the win. Um, yep, what yeah. I'm gonna say is that yes, NPH was on a three peat. Eleven, twelve, thirteen. Three unbelievable opening performances. Three just like generally excellent hosting gigs, but. And Mariah brought this up in the the intro pod. It's not just for gays anymore. Setting the standard arguably has done more damage to award shows than than good. But that does not necessarily discount it's not just for gays anymore. It's just, you know, this is your round of applause with Ariana DeBose being an inheritor of that legacy. Maybe we wouldn't have had certain James Corden cringy moments if we didn't have It's Not Just For Gays Anymore. Moving on. Uh, This one, we're getting into territory where it's like not particularly close. Um, This just happens to be the fourth closest matchup. It is between uh, Fun Home from 2015 and Evita from 1980. Um... Be careful with this one. Fun Home is very close to my heart. Someone, please go first. So for me, this one is really close. I'm actually kind of shocked that it's not as close as some of the other ones, just because I think that they're doing such different things. So to me, it feels like apples and oranges, right? Like you have this beautiful solo performance versus this like crazy, like powerful, big group moment and Patty like scrolling her gorgeous little face off. And then, like, Mandy coming in and being like, oh, that's my impression of Mandy Patinkin, everyone. And, um, and I... Who, who we have met before in a class, by yeah, the way, he, and spoken to because of you. <laughs> anyway, uh, Abita and Fun Home. Fun Home will always hold a really special place in my heart. If I'm not mistaken, this performance happened, like, just months before same-sex marriage was legalized. And so again, thinking about it in that like larger socio-political context, um, like that's a really, really important moment. And again, for that like young kid sitting in Omaha, Nebraska, um, seeing a young kid on stage just slay at the Tonys, there's nothing more powerful than that, except for Patti Lapone belting her face off. Whoa. Oh, I'm about to instigate so hard. Okay. Maddie, your New York elitism is just showing, I think, <laughs> in my opinion. This is this is a moment in which I just think you're 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 off base. Granted, granted, Mandy and Patty, like being on screen, accessible to the entire country, huge deal. Would be a huge deal in many respects. I want you to think about this. You have to imagine in 2023, is Patty Lapone. If she were the same, if the same person she was in that when she originated the role, if she walked on stage and sang a number from Evita, like well, how would that make you feel now? Like, I, like be honest, and be honest. It would make me feel sick and disgusted and uncomfortable. Absolutely. And I, I, I have to say, and I'm, I'm not even sure like what the take is on like the the semantics of casting around Evita. Like, like I, I just, I just think that's something to, in terms of like, does the performance even hold up? Like, like, is that even, like, allowed anymore? That is something I'm definitely considering. Would that even happen today is something I'm considering. There's a revival happening right now that I believe is happening with an entirely Latina cast, which I think is, in my opinion, 
a yeah. more productive way to do the show than having Patty Lupone, who is brilliant, who I love, do the show. Who and is Italian. Who is famously <laughs> a t- Italian ex, Italian ex to you. Hey, in my you're, opinion. You're making you're making excellent points. I I I guess this raises like a bigger question of like, do you separate the Tony performance like from the time that it was being performed in and like no, you can't. I guess you're totally right. You're making a. I don't think you can. Yeah. So I'm saying I'm rocking with Fun Home. I'm rocking for the girls with bobs. I'm rocking for the lesbians of the world. I'm rocking for that little Allison who was absolutely eating on that stage. Who did? Who literally? I think this performance is one of the ones that that again, like, is a cultural touchstone for so many young yeah. performers, and also just for like young people understanding queerness whether it's in their own context or in the context of people they know so Ruchir what you're doing is making great points this is why I wanted to fight and what I'm excited is about is that you've totally changed my mind on where I'm going to put my votes even though there is mm. nothing on this planet that makes me happier than Patty Lapone belting her face off and this we know, and this we know to be true. This we, it's, it's been scientifically proven that that is the thing that makes you happiest. Right. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to vote. Maddie, hit me. All right, Sydney, you're getting four. And Patty, I'm so sorry to be giving you one, but babe, we got to, if we're going for ultimate Tony performance here, we got to think about it in the context of 2023 and beyond. Absolutely. Ruchir. Fun Home is a moment of culture that I do not know will ever be touched again. That's right, ever again in terms of cultural impact on a musical theater stage. Five to Fun Home, zero to Avita. <gasps> okay, so uh, Fun Home won this one in the public and it won in in the, the private. Um, so... It won. It won about sixty-two percent of the public vote, and you guys gave it ninety percent. So it, it it only needed three of your votes. You gave it nine. We're gonna move on now. Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna keep it going because I did say to Mariah that this would only take an hour. Um, next up, next up, we have anything goes. Patty Lapone versus. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Neil Patrick Harris. Um, what say you two? So I, I am, I think that I'm leaning team Hedwig. And here is why. Um, I think that NPH is, again, just giving 100% of himself over to this performance. I think it's exciting when he enters the audience. I love watching him kissing his husband and, you know, what that means again when this is being broadcast all over the country. Um, And while there's nothing, actually, the only thing hotter than Patti Lapone belting her face off is Patti Lapone giving us a little tap dance. However, uh, if, if it's hot, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's what makes a good Tony performance. And I need to admit that to myself. Um, mm. And so that's why I'm feeling Hedwig. Wow. This is tight for me. I have to say, this is very tight for me. Um, again, I'm going to bring back the, a point I made earlier about MPH. Like, like this is a recontextualization of Barney from How I Met Your Mother, the clinical domestic terrorist of heterosexuality on television. He is in drag on national TV Kissing his husband, like, like, like wh- the the range to me in, in just like that one moment, like it on the medium of television is, is extremely impactful um, and showcases something about MPH and his bravery to go like there and also there. Like, like that is, that is, that's a lot of, a, a lot of sauce for one man. I got to say it's one, that's a lot of sauce for one man. And, you know, the young Patty, national exposure to that is great. It's the foundation of the economy in many ways, I would argue, uh, that we were exposed to that. And, 
you know, anything goes is an iffy show for me. I just sort of am ambivalent about it. Hedwig, I'm also like kind of okay on. I don't know. I I I, I feel I feel myself leading it. NPH on this and leading towards Hedwig, but it's mostly just because of Neil Patrick Harris. So I don't, I don't know what that means for the distribution of my votes. So, so I, I want to do something a little brave and, and force you guys to vote and, and, you know, have you show your cards. Um, Maddie, what, what do you, what do you have to say? Well, I guess I'm really an, an NPH girly cause I'm going to be going four to NPH and one to Patty. Patty, I'm so sorry. Like, let's talk about this later that I keep just throwing you one vote, but babe, like, you're just, doesn't like you're not, you. yeah, you're not cutting it. Right. She doesn't like me personally. Babe, are you okay? You haven't touched your Patty LuPone recently. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Ruchir, where, where do the votes go? It's, 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 it's a tight, it's a tight one. I'm, I'm going three, to Hedwig, to to anything goes. Shout out, Patty. <laughs> Did something happen? Oh boy! Oh boy! Me? This is not good. That's <laughs> a scary laugh. Oh, no. So so this one is interesting. Um, I this was an Instagram vote. There was an Insta, an Instagram vote included on this one. Um. So then. So the numbers. Are arguably truer because they, you know, it's a larger sample size. Right. Uh, although it's a very specific sample size when I take votes on Instagram, but you know, we'll get to that. One of these songs won sixty-two percent of the public vote, and only needed three votes to uh, to win. And it is the song you gave only three votes. Anything goes. Nineteen eighty-eight. Um, wow. There is no turning back now. Hedwig falls at the hand of Miss Lupone. Um, that made it incredibly, incredibly close. Like it needed it needed three and only three <laughs> to 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 get past the pole. Um, and this is why but we it love does. the pod. This is why we this do is, the work. This is why we love the pod. Um, I personally am sad to see Hedwig go but we will mourn it another day. Now, next up is a matchup that I'm kind of bewildered by the votes for. Um, It's Dreamgirls, and I'm telling you, from 1982, versus Legally Blonde, uh, 2009. How is this Um, a question? You're telling me, Maddie. I, I, I don't know. Um, no, for, for what, for those who don't know the Legally Blonde performance, uh, was like delayed a year for reasons I don't actually even know. So the performance doesn't even include the OBC. It's like the next cast. And it's also just like a weird staging of the show itself. Whereas Dreamgirls and I'm telling you is like, is culturally relevant beyond Broadway. Like it is, it is a piece of, of like performance history. And I'm surprised that it wasn't like a clean sweep because that legally blonde production is like whatever, especially when you can just like click the suggested videos and watch the actual production. Right. Whereas dream girls is like, it is undefeatable to me at this point. So, I mean, we can talk about it. We, I, I honestly, like, I kind of just want to keep it moving and just go straight to votes on this one. Um, just because Dream Girls won doesn't need that many votes to, to get over. It did win the public vote. Um, but I, I'm curious to see what happens in the rest of this bracket if this was not a clean win. Um, Maddie Ruchir, anything anything you'd like to add, and then we're going to move to votes. I just would love to, you know, hear from someone, you know, in the comments or whatever it, things happen who did vote for Legally Blonde, what their reasoning is, because I simply cannot pathologize that. I, I I can understand some arguments that it might be a little long, 
Um, but that is the way they kind of did Tony performances before. Whatever. Anyway, Maddie, what are your votes? Five. Five. All the way to Dreamgirls. May they long live Dreamgirls. Ruchir. It's got to be a clean clean sweep for Dreamgirls. 5-0. So uh, Dreamgirls won about two-thirds of the vote, um, and you guys gave it all your votes. It wins and moves on. Next up, we have Promises, Promises, Turkey Lurkey Time from 1969 versus Hair, the revival, not from 1969, but rather from 2009. Um, What say you guys? Turkey lurkey time, please. Come on. Like hair, like it's giving a little bit caucasity. It's giving caucasity a little bit. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. This specific version of hair, like, like set me down a path that like of like like anger that I didn't want to go down. I don't have a problem with hair. I don't know. Something about this version of it really just like made me upset. Um, turkey lurkey time has never made me feel bad and that like like i wish every musical theater number was turkey lurkey time i really do um and yes i just used caucasity on a po- podcast uh and i hope that makes it it because Richier, it is probably the first use of the word caucasity on the uh on the podcast so people uh, aren't brave people aren't right. brave you're right maddie do you have anything you want to say Turkey lurkey time is so silly. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, and so for me, it will get four votes and hair will get one. Wow. Okay. So you're just jumping straight to yeah. votes. I, um, I mean, there's nothing really more to say. I think that like hair was a fun performance, but was it the performance that's going to like be this iconic moment that deserves ultimate toniness? No. Turkey lurkey is just... <laughs> It's camp. It's camp. It's camp. And we deserve camp. camp. We deserve camp. And so camp gets four of my votes. Yeah, that that performance of hair, I don't know. It just didn't work in comparison, like in terms of like longevity. Like, like it's not the thing that it's not a performance that lasts beyond the moment. And Turkey Lurkey Time is the definition of a performance that lasted beyond the moment. Can you name one other song for Promises Promises? I don't think so. Uh she uh she likes basketball. I love that song. Actually, I didn't know that was from that show. I will say, yes. I, I shout out Danielle Care. Danielle Care recommended that song to me. Put it in my book. Yes, I. I it is also. Was. It was also in my book back in the old days. Okay, Super. so we're gonna we're gonna go uh, and vote. Um, Maddie, you uh, are you sticking with four for promises, promises, and one for hair? Hell yeah. And Ruchir, what are you saying? Five zero. Five zero. Wow. Okay. Um, Caucasity. So awesome. This is great. This is fantastic. Actually, um, I think the voting the voter base saw the year nineteen sixty nine and was like, "I'm not voting for some boomer shit." And uh, they voted in favor of hair about. Uh, in a, about a two to one ratio, about two thirds of the votes went to hair. Uh, Turkey Lurkey needed nine of your 10 votes and you gave it nine. So Turkey Lurkey time advances over, uh, hair, um, which, uh, means next week it'll go up against the, uh, Patty Lapone gypsy. Moving on. So we have now an interesting situation in Uh-oh. which the next the next four matchups require that both of you give all five of your votes to the song that is losing. Okay? Mm-hmm. We're going to go through each matchup, and I just want you to tell me, would you give all five of your votes to the song that is losing. And I'm not going to tell you which song is losing. Okay? So so I want you to guess which song is losing and then tell me would you give all five of your votes to it? Starting with Beetlejuice 2019 versus Book of Mormon 2011. Maddie. Shit. 
I think that Beetlejuice is losing. Um, and, you know, this is it. Because I think that ultimately Andrew Rannells, if we isolate him and his performance from the context of the show and the tremendous racism within that show, um, if we isolate just Andrew and the way that this like put him on the map and also just he gave an, an excellent vocal acting everything performance, like then he deserves this vote, right? <sighs> Cute. Richie, you speak. I, I can't I can't give five votes to either of these, and I know that for a fact. I just want to give a shout out to Andrew Reynolds, Creighton Prep, Omaha, Nebraska legend. Went to school down the street from me. Um, we honor you and where you came from, at least I do, because I'm also from there. Um, big ping guy invented ping, you know, that placement. But yeah, I can't give five votes to Book of Mormon in good faith. I can't yeah. do that. Uh, and I do think it's the better performance in isolation uh and you know shout out to alex brightman shout out to beetlejuice i think that that it's, it's also a good performance this would honestly be a tight vote for me so i don't think i'm giving five votes either way right. to yeah five five is not coming for me so you can move on so i am gonna ask you to vote anyway okay. um but i will tell you uh that this this likely means that Book of Mormon will advance. Um, uh, Beetlejuice needed you guys to give it 10 votes. Um, I'm surprised that it didn't get more love um, in particular because I think it's, I think Alex Brightman is like an excellent Tony award performer. Um, And he works the crowd in that, in that performance very well. Um, I also think, uh, that this performance almost literally saved this show um, mm, because yes. the show was not doing well and uh, it didn't find its audience. And then this this uh, this performance happened and people, notably young people, high school age people saw it and were like, Shit, that's pretty fire. Um, that's so awesome. That's allowed. I, I, yeah. That is allowed to affect your voting, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I'm not asking for it to, I'm just saying, Maddie, what are your votes? No, I mean, I'm, I'm in Alex Brightman's stand. Like I think that he does everything that I would do if I were me, but a male performer. So <laughs> I'm going to go three to Beetlejuice out of love for what it did in the bigger context of things and two to Book of Mormon. Richier. Yeah, I, I, I do think I like the Beetlejuice performance considerably more, but I can't in good faith like give it all of my votes because I do think that the Book of Mormon performance does stand as a, a, a feat on its own. But it was a really, Beetlejuice has really in, int- interesting use of the form, but it's a 4-1. I got to give at least one to Book of Mormon. Four to Beetlejuice, one to Book of Mormon. All right. Well, I said what I said. Uh, Beetlejuice needed 10. It did not get it. So Book of Mormon advances where it will meet up with uh, Dreamgirls in the next round. Moving on. Yeah, we have We have Anything Goes 2011 versus Pippin 2013. Uh, Maddie, which song is losing and would you give it five votes? Uh, anything goes as losing all five votes of my, all of my five votes would go straight to Pippin. Ruchir. I think Pippin is peak musical theater weirdness. I also think that Steinman's audience is affecting this vote more than, uh, I'm calling it out. I'm calling it out. It's a dolphin show problem. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ruchir, uh, would you give five votes to anything goes? In good conscience. Under no circumstance would I do that. And I want to make that very clear. Okay, so Maddie, what are your votes? Five over to Pippi. Uh, Richier. I'm giving four to Pippi and one to Anything Goes. Excellent. So Anything Goes needed uh, 10 votes and it got one. Uh, So it does not advance. 
That does mean that uh, the only anything goes remaining is Patty Lapone's, which I am surprised about. Now, we have two more matchups. Uh, they are really not close. Uh, in fact, if one more person had voted in favor of the leaders of both of these uh, matchups, we wouldn't even be talking about them. So uh, the first one is Matilda 2013 versus Strange Loop 2022. I'm just going to come out and say that Matilda nearly locked this one down. I think Strange Loop just needs more time to bake uh, to sort of stamp its role as one of the all-time Tony performances. Um, I will say I saw that show, and yes, the opening of that show is the only song you can sing at the Tony Awards. So, Maddie, <laughs> right. Maddie, uh, yeah. Maddie, would you, would you give five votes to a strange loop in good consciousness? I, I would, in good consciousness, as much as I love a strange loop, and I, as far as Tony performances go, like I think Matilda was just a good time that made you get up and dance, but also made you like feel all of the things. And um, as far as the representation of the show and making you want to go buy tickets it's going to get more votes for me. So uh, a strange loop would not get all five votes. So uh, the, the, honestly, that's enough, but Ruchir would, would it get, would it get all five of your votes? Uh, n- no, neither of these would get all five of my votes. And I think a strange loop, like it, 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 it needs more time to bake, like in terms of the performance, needing more time to bake, like in the long term to be considered, mm-hmm. one of but also like the show requires a level of investment that is not conducive to a two minute and 30 second snippet of the right. opening number that does not really fully encapsulate what the show is about. That's such a good way of putting it. Yeah. Totally agree. Maddie, uh, what are your votes? Uh, I'm going to go uh, th- uh, th- th- four Matilda, one Strange Loop. Routier. Three Matilda, two a Strange Loop. All right, so Matilda advances. Uh, it won, uh, wait, let me see, uh, 49.3% of the public vote. Um, next, we have Company 2007 versus Sister Act 2011. Um, let's start with your chair this time because uh, Maddie has determined the last uh, three of them. Richard, <laughs> would you give... Would you give five votes to either of these songs? Maybe. There's there's a maybe in this actually, and and, and I I have to I want to I want to talk about this a little bit because Sister Act kind of is a dream girl situation a little bit, where the movie is such an iconic like moment of culture, but this specific performance like starts out a little rough if you watch the video. Like, like I, I actually like, like wasn't fully bought in from the jump. It clicks a little later on, but it's not hitting the same way. I mean, it's, it's, it's not the, it's not the thing when you think Sister Act, like I want to go watch the Tony performance. You want to go watch Sister Act the movie with Whoopi Goldberg. Like, like that's really what, what, what you go to. Um, and also I'm an actor musician, right? So like, I really connected to Raul's version of Bobby. So I, I'm like, I'm like really leaned into that, that company performance in a way that might be, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Uh, company is the one that's winning. Um, (laughs) so, uh, we're just, we're just going to go straight to votes here. Uh, Maddie. Uh, for the company, one to subtract. Ruggier. Ford a company, one to Sister Act. Excellent. Uh, company actually won at the, by the same margin that Matilda did. It, it got forty nine point three percent of the uh, the public. Uh, oh no 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 no! It okay. Excuse me. I sort of messed this up on the last round too. Matilda got seventy four percent of the public vote. Right, when I do the math, <laughs> yes. When I do the math. Excuse me. When I do the math, that checks out to 49.3% of the cumulative total. But I've stopped right. telling people the cumulative total because it just throws a lot of numbers at people. So it got 74%. It needed 75%. It got 74 Company also needed 75 It got 74 
and that that means that company moves on. Um, it will go against. I think it will go against Matilda. Um, but Interesting for argument. now, for now, that means that we have determined the the second round of the left side of the bracket. Wow! Right it means here. it means we have. From starting from the top left, we have Dream Girls going up against Book of Mormon. We have Turkey Lurkey Time going up against uh, Gypsy, the Patty Lapone version. Uh, we have Matilda going up against Company, as I just said. We have Patty's Anything Goes up against It's Not Just for Gays Anymore. Um, oh, yes. Then we have um, Bigger going up against what did we say? Chicago. Then Spring Awakening against Fun Home. Next to Normal against, what did we say? We said Cabaret. Cabaret. Yes. And any, uh, Pippin against In the Heights. Wow. It's going to be excited. a fun second round on the left side. Return. Uh, we, we won't vote on it for another two weeks because we have to do the right side. Um but uh, yeah, thank you guys for doing this with me. Now is your opportunity to uh, plug anything you want to plug, Maddie. Wow, uh, I'm gonna plug. I'm gonna plug Annalie Ashford and Sweeney Todd, and I'm gonna plug the holiday of Purim because that's, hey. that's Monday night into Tuesday day, and it's a fun holiday. Dress up, get drunk, be a little crazy on this Jewish, Jewish day. You got to be you. your own noisemaker. Yeah! You got you got to make a little noise. Ruchir, anything you got to plug? And I just want to say, I've always said that, too. Right. Uh, no, yeah, and I know as, that. And, and shout out to Judaism. Shout out to, to what just happened there. We're plugging uh, Judaism. Plugging Judaism, not a, famously not to Jew. Uh, shout out to uh, the New York Knicks. Shout out to Julius Randle's performance in the uh, three-point contest. That was one of the worst things I've seen in my entire life. Okay, but the other night he had a, a like an all-time performance. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> the, I'm shouting out the specific three-point. Why were you? Why would you set yourself up like that? That was clearly a setup, and you took it. Shout out to All basketball. Right. Mm-hmm. She likes basketball from yeah, Promises, Promises. Uh-huh. Anyway... Oh, thank you for listening. If you are listening, uh, who knows if you are. Thank you to Maddie. Thank you to Ruchir. Uh, this uh, podcast will come out, and uh, so will the voting for the right side of the bracket. Thank you for listening, and have a nice uh, have a nice week. <laughs>